Welcome to the Roadie Friday Podcast with your hosts, Darren Makins and Jose Escudero. Doing the thing. Yeah, we're doing the thing finally. <laughs> Dude, I'm in Florida right now and it, it sucks. Oh, I'm in Vienna right now and it doesn't suck. <laughs> Dude, I'm, I'm so jealous. <laughs> oh, so how's your tour been so far? It's been pretty cool out here. Uh, just checking out all these countries I've never been to. Uh, the tour's been great. The tour's been great. Alter Bridge has been great. Mark has been great to work with. Uh, yeah, it's just it's just been awesome right now. Are you just te- you're so you're just teching Mark like you're not doing Miles or Brian? Yeah, it's just uh, just Mark. Uh, Miles and Brian have uh, this other tech, uh, Dave Pate, working for for them. Oh, I know Dave. He's uh, he does Candlebox too. Yeah, he does Candlebox. I think. Yeah. Hell yeah. It's a rad dude. Yeah, he used to do. I met him uh, for like five minutes. Joe Bonamassa, dude. Yo, uh, at Blue Ridge. Yeah, yeah. I met him for like five minutes at Blue Ridge because uh, I think uh, when you were working for Seven Dust, I think Candlebox was doing the same stage that day. Yeah. Yeah, they were. They were on before we were. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, this Trinity of Territories, something else for sure. Uh, that dude, three three headliners. Three headlines. We're all sharing production. We're all like, yeah, it's um, we're all sharing production. We're carrying like one point five million dollars worth of shit. So it's like, yeah, we have like five buses, four semis. Cool. Yeah, that's not far off from what we're doing. I I think uh, we have. There's three bands, uh, and there's uh, four semis and like five buses. <laughs> yeah it's pretty that's <laughs> a lot <laughs> so i guess we'll kind of intro the show and then we'll just it, it get into having a little bit of a discussion uh I, I i think this would be more suited for like a uh like an intro episode so we don't have to get too deep into the woods just you know tell the the, yeah. the listeners who we are and uh current gigs people we've worked for uh possible future gigs um or like what 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 the schedules coming up are. So this yeah. podcast is called Roadie Friday, and it's just basically going to be myself and Jose having a conversation with some homies, with some friends, with some other touring personnel, and you know we're just going to kind of shoot the shit and see where the conversations go. I don't have any real agenda, but you know if if if, a, if an important topic comes up or something like that, I'm happy to happy to cover it. Happy. To to talk about it and if there's like if there's something topical that comes up in the music industry it'd be it'd be interesting to have the listeners have a uh have a roadies view on it like i know a, a lot of stuff that came up recently was like the the taylor swift Ticketmaster thing and i don't know shit about tickets so <laughs> yeah uh and and the, yeah, the merch <laughs> cut thing and all of that so uh, Jose, why don't you give everybody your background? Like, how'd you get started in in car teching, as they say? Yeah, yeah for sure. Uh, so it all I started touring with my own bands, uh, playing uh, bass back in 2011. 
And when people, if people want to look it up, what's what's the name of the band? Oh God, uh, the name is Fall to Rise with the number two. So oh, that's so sick! <laughs> Hell yeah! Yeah, it's an awful name. I never liked it. <laughs> I always complained about it. I've had uh, terrible band names then, too. It's all uh, good. Oh yeah. <laughs> so that's when it all started, and I just kind of fell in love with the road and the nomadic lifestyle uh and from then on i never really felt at home anywhere else so i just started uh thinking about like how to keep doing that and eventually years and years later around 2016 i had a guitar tech work for me for the first time ever uh a friend of mine john douglas who at the time was doing suicide silence and that just kind of sparked the idea of like, oh, wait, like, I can do that. Like, I, you know, I know back then I was like, I, I know a little bit about guitars and how to work on them. And this could open new avenues for touring outside of just being a musician. So, you know, just like two times the chances of being on the road. So I started doing, you know, research and practicing and uh, I did an apprenticeship a short, a short apprenticeship with a friend of mine in Round Rock, who we all call Dr. John, because uh, he's uh, the guitar doctor in Austin. And yeah, I came up to him with the idea, hey, I like, I want to tour more, but I feel like I need more knowledge in the subject than I, or, you know, to reinforce or uh, kind of confirm that I was doing things right. Uh, and I did that for a little while. And Lay down the foundation, dare I say. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Lay down like a proper foundation not just me guessing around cutting wires and shit and then to get some like real world you know live gig practice i pitched my services to local bands in austin for 20 bucks like 20 bucks per show for the whole band i'll be your guitar tech you know just something to cover gas and maybe some food and i did that you know but the focus of that was to show like when there were touring bands on the show i would you know, kind of like, you know, show up with the band that hired me for 20 bucks and then, you know, just kind of like get into conversations with the touring bands. Like, hey, like I'll change your strings for free. I'm here like, you know, just to kind of get conversations going, start meeting people. At the time, I was also playing in a band. So I was traveling a lot to California to play with a band called The Mirage Theory. So over there, I met uh, in California, I also met a bunch of touring personnel and crew guys a friend of mine ernie who was uh drum tech for chelsea grin at the time he's playing drums for suicide silence now okay and you know just met a bunch of people did a bunch of networking and then one day i got a text that seven dust needed a guitar tech immediately and <laughs> two days later i was on a plane to ohio to meet up with them Made three shows into their tour uh so he did another show and then I came in for the third show. My first show was uh, at the Agora in Cleveland. Uh, and uh, Mark Tremonti was actually opening for us. Yes. Okay. I do. I think I remember that tour. I, don't, I didn't actually go to it, but I think I remember that tour. Yeah, I think it was just, uh, if I remember correctly, it might have just been the two bands, uh, just Tremonti and Seven. I mean, those two bands alone can sell a fuckload of tickets, so... 
yeah, it was, it was really cool. That was my first bus tour. So it was pretty cool. Uh, and you know, just to, you know, meet, you know, guys like Mark Chimani and Clint Larry for the first time was, was pretty awesome. I've never met Mark, but I know Clint's a complete badass, uh, absolute brilliant guitar player. Cause uh, I subbed for you for a gig for a couple weeks, a couple months ago. And honestly it was one, it was probably one of my favorite gigs, even, even including my current one. Um, uh, I'm not meaning to shit on ice. Neither absolutely. No, no, fantastic. no, no. Of course, no. There's uh, there's good there's good gigs and there's cooler gigs. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so yeah. So uh, for the listeners, my history. Um, I actually I tried to go the musician route first. So I went to Full Sail, uh, <laughs> as did Jose. Uh, we both have useless degrees, and yeah it was it was it set a good foundation for understanding signal flow and learning how to solder and stuff like that moved home ended up getting real jobs and working real jobs uh in factories grocery stores uh i was a butcher at one point uh you name it i've pretty much had the job and fast forward to 2019 uh the company that i'm working for at the time as a loses a contract and I was the third shift supervisor for the company. So they decided to eliminate their third shift, which meant I was laid off. And I, I I don't know if it was like a quarter life crisis or something, but I just kind of went, you know, I spent all this money on a degree. I've been a musician for years. The musician work route is clearly not working. Why don't I, why don't I, why don't I try teching? And so I did the exact I did something that I would highly recommend people don't do, which is I just started hitting up literally everybody that I know saying, Hey, do you need a tech? Hey, do you need a tech? And uh, I, I will fully admit that at one point in my career, I was that guy, but, uh, yeah. but I actually, I, 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 I got a response at one point and they were, uh, it was, it was a, a band that we both have worked for nonpoint. And they just said, yeah, yeah, two tech, uh, we need, we need a tech in two weeks. If, if you think you can do it, I'm like, yeah, let's 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 fucking go. So uh, two weeks later, I was on my first U.S. tour, and they liked me so much that they kept me around for a second tour. That what and the first tour was a headline, and it was the uh, it was the tour where Aru from Machine Head and Il Nino was the lead guitarist, oh, okay. and he's the one that I that I credit as the guy that really like was well, he wasn't hard at all, but he was the he was the one that was like really on me to make sure that I was guitars were in tune making sure because it was even touched in ever tune. And he also used a Floyd. Yeah. So, uh, it was, it was a Floyd Rose that had a treble no, uh, installed on it. So it wasn't like it was a Floyd Rose, but it didn't have the, like the floating bridge. Um, so like I could take all the strings off if I wanted to, but I wanted to treat it like a real Floyd Rose. So I never did. Uh, and then the, and yeah. then the pandemic hit, we all, t- yeah, no, it helps for practice. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that's the, I, I, that's exactly why I did it. I wanted to treat it like it was a real Floyd Rose. So when I do, when I do run into a situation where I am working with a real Floyd Rose, it's not something that I've never seen before. And, uh, my next gig actually does involve a Floyd Rose. However, I am barred from an NDA, my the first in my career. Uh, to actually, I, I can't tell <laughs> yeah. you who I'm working for, but I will tell you that my year is probably halfway to three quarters of the way filled up already, which for, for attack is, is, it's nice. Unheard of. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's good to know ahead of time. And, you know, just getting other gigs, uh, through networking, um, 
you know, when you're out on the road, you talk to other crews, you talk to other crew members, you talk to other band members, and you also you also show them what you can do, uh, but not in like not like an assertive. People take people take notice, especially in the, in the live situation, about how you conduct yourself and so on and so forth, and how how well you do your job, and people notice it. And you know, when the time comes for another band that you might have toured with at one point to say, "Hey, what about so and so?" Yeah, you know, it, situations like that will definitely lead to more to more gigs. Yeah. So, what is the thing that kind of made you like realize that this is this is something that this career is something that you wanted to do? For me, like, I, just like being able, you know, I'm still a musician at heart, like uh, as we all are, and being able to, yeah, and like being able to like make the music happen is it's kind of like my number one inspiration like the same way like uh you know like on stage you make that crowd happy to see you like it's a blast like seeing the fans like having a blast like uh one of like honestly the my favorite tour so far uh was when i went out with the day to remember and just seeing those crowds go crazy was like one of the best experiences that i've ever had uh even from you know the tech standpoint just like seeing everybody like crowd surfing and stuff just still that you know that is major fuel to my uh you know my wanting to continue uh on this career path yeah and uh and then you know working closely with musicians that have inspired me through the years like clint and mark uh you know has also been a huge uh inspiration like being able to meet them and you know work directly with them and be part of you know making their sound yeah absolutely uh, being, being an integral part of the show like the, i i know that everybody knows this but with, with, without people like us the show doesn't ha- it doesn't happen i'm sure it could <laughs> yeah. and i'm sure no, a band like, could set up their own gear but it's yeah. just it's it's definitely a luxury to have people like us yeah, it sounds it sounds like an exaggeration, but when you see how much happens, uh, you know, before and during the show that people don't see, it's like, yeah, for one person to have to do all that, like on top of performing, it's I, I well, I'm sure it could be possible, but I can't. It, it'd be so difficult in in cases, like especially Clint and and Mark's case. Uh, Clint travels with like three to four guitars and they change tunings. Each guitar changes tunings constantly in between songs. So I, I can't see him like spending, you know, two, three minutes, like having to tune a guitar, like, you know, in, in many cases have to change all of the strings. And then in Mark's case, uh, uh, in the show we go through, I don't even know how many tunings, but we'll use like nine or 10 guitars per show. Hell yeah. Uh, we're currently traveling with, I believe, like 26 <laughs> guitars for Mark. Dude, that's absurd. Uh, that's great, but... Yeah, a lot of that, yeah. yeah. We started with 27, but we do have like 10 guitars that he, like, that are just giveaway guitars. Uh, and so uh, we've just kind of been like rotating to someone. He already, he gave one away in Milan a few I days saw ago. That. That's awesome. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that was that was a really cool moment that, you know, that I was able to be a part of. Uh, I, I set up that guitar uh, a few weeks before that, you know, to kind of like waiting for the moment uh, for Mark to say, Hey, we're giving away a guitar tonight. Uh, and that was, that was a really cool moment. That's so sick. I'm traveling with the band that I'm, the band that I'm touring with. It's, it's, 
they've made it very, 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 very straightforward. Um, they're they're playing through access. They're both playing through Axe Effects. Um, all the all of the switching done by MIDI, which is uh, synced up with the time code of the show. So they don't even have they don't even have pedal boards. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 some real deal. It's some real deal nerd shit going on. But that means that like at at the beginning of the show, the tuning has to be perfect because they don't have a way to check it. So, yeah. And and that's honestly they only have they have they each have two tunings and then backup guitars to the tunings. So drop A with seven strings and then drop C sharp with six strings. And there's just there's one song where they use the C sharp guitar. And so there's really only two switches, but there's like, there's a few times where they play songs that are in like, uh, I think it's G sharp, but I just hit a drop pedal for that. Uh, and I mean, yeah, the gig is super, super straightforward, but going back to the, going back to like what exactly it is for me that makes, that makes that, that made me want to do this is just kind of, as you said before, it's the nomadic lifestyle. It's, it's traveling. It's getting to see new places. It's getting, I've, I've been, I've been playing guitar since I was six and I've been the one that like a lot of my friends would come to if they were, if they needed something trouble shot with their rig or anything like that. And so it wasn't until 2019 that I just decided to make a career out of it. And so it's, I, I honestly, I still get a little bit of an endorphin, dopamine, whatever, whatever the body chemical is, uh, I still get a little bit of a rush when like I solve something and the show continues. Um, yeah. Like the, uh, the example that I can give is a couple of shows ago uh, during, during, during line check, right before the band's about to go on bass is working perfectly fine. And then suddenly like a minute before we're supposed to go on, there's nothing. And so I go over to, it's just, honestly, it's just following signal flow to try and figure out, okay, what happened from here to here? And why is the signal lost? Yeah. So I checked the, I checked the transmitter. That was, that was sending signal. I checked the receiver. The receiver was receiving signal. So, okay. That means that the sound's getting to the receiver. So it has to be between the, and honestly, I'm working for the band Ice Nine Kills right now. I'm not sure if I ever mentioned that, but the bass player, his setup is just basically, it goes from his, his receiver to the, uh, dark, dark ass as i call it but it's the dark glass uh adam and he's got that that those microtubes have such a fucking killer tone and it's yeah. it's just it's those two things and then he has hit he has a parallel one one clean signal one dirty signal and it's just mixed from there but uh i figured out that it was something they they have it uh, i'm not exactly sure what it is but it's it's weirdly like configured they take an xlr out from we're about to get into some nerd shit here, but they take an XLR out from the receiver and they do like a dongle. So that way it plugs into the quarter inch of the, uh, well, it's a tuner and then the dark glass, but the tuner wasn't receiving signal. So I'm like, sweet. So it's somewhere, oh, it's somewhere. Yeah. It's literally, it has to be this one thing right here. So then I ran to my tech box. Uh, I always keep extra patch cables and I always keep extra instrument cables. So I, I didn't yeah. want to figure out the dongle. I didn't want to try and trace the dongle because I didn't know how long it was and where the connection was. So I just unplugged that and plugged into the unbalanced out of the transmitter and plugged that into his tuner. And I mean, I, we were about a minute into the show at that point. So unfortunately, we had a minute's worth of no bass. But then as soon as, you, as, soon as I plugged that in, you just hear the boom. And I'm like, and I just inside, I go, hell yes. Yeah. 
as as <laughs> yeah. uh, as our uh, a mutual friend and colleague Cody would say, "Hell yeah, girl!" Hell yeah, girl! Um, yeah. Hell yeah, girl! Uh, yeah, we got to get him on at some point. He's 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 the best. Yeah. Um, so so yeah, it, it's 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 the problems. It's the constant challenge of problem solving, and it's it's working because you know it, it, when you're touring at a certain level. Uh, we we can have on any show we can have anywhere from twenty to twenty loaders. You know, there's some shows where if you're working to read, local people just coming and helping, and it's it's the fact that I get to talk to all these people every day and get to meet new people. It's it's pretty yeah. fucking cool. Yeah, that, that's a that's cool too. And and uh, there's a while actually, I think it was my first tour back from COVID. There was a. Uh, there was, uh, I'll share this story. There was a loader his, uh, at, in Tucson. I think it was this venue called Encore. And he was helping us load. And he just starts asking me, like, how do I get into this? How do I, how do I start touring? You know? And I said, do exactly what you're doing. Uh, and that's the advice that I give people. Don't, 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 don't do what I did. And just start emailing and texting everyone that you know. Just, you know, network with the touring crews that are coming by. And, you know let it be known without being pushy that you want to start touring. And yeah, there will be a situation and also let people know what you're confident in. Like if you're, if you're a venue LD, you know, let people know that you want to start touring as an LD. So this, this guy tinkering with his base, start fixing it up and start working on uh, his, uh, his luthier skills and soldering definitely helps as well. Yeah. So fast forward to, I think it was a couple months ago. He actually, he, uh, I gave him my Instagram handle and I was like, here, find me there, stay in touch. Uh, and about a couple months ago, he was actually on the KMFDM tour working for the opener, kind of like, as, kind of like as a general stage tech. So then like, I, I, I would check in with him every once in a while. And just be like, hey, how's it going? Do you have any questions? All that stuff. And and I, I went out to the Philly show to go. And, I'm from Philadelphia, by the way. Um, and I went I went to the show to like check in and see how he's doing. And I also I like I, I went up to one of the merch people uh, that that was working on the tour as well. And I was like, so how's Justin doing? And they were like, he's he's killing it right now. Like. You know, he's, he's doing such a fantastic job and, you know, it was, it was a smaller tour. So he was definitely a little overloaded on responsibilities, but they said that he, he was, he was doing really well. That's really awesome. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a good dude. I think I'm seeing him on this tour. Yeah. So you're working with Alter Bridge right now. How's that? You, you, you covered it a little bit, but how's that going? It's going pretty well. Uh, it took it took me a while to get into the rhythm of things. Uh, one big difference is uh, all the guys I've worked for in the past have digital rigs, uh, Kemper or Axe FX. And Mark uses uh, real tube amps. Uh, and he, well, I'm not sure how much of that I can talk about, but I guess like, yeah, well, some of it. Yeah, there's a, he's using a, fuck, a, a prototype amp, let's call a prototype amp there's a there's maybe two or three in existence uh so there's no schematics there's no replacements and we only have one on the tour so no backups either. <laughs> that's awesome uh, so <laughs> so yeah so uh that was uh 
you know, a little bit intimidating at first, you know, making sure everything's plugged in right, running right. So I ran all my tests using our backup. Uh, we have a PRS Archon as backup. So that, that would, that's been a major change in my workflow. Uh, but it's been really cool uh, and interesting working on, you know, gear that's not out there yet, you know, things, things that are still being tested out before they actually go into production. Another really cool thing has been, you know, working on a bunch of, you know, one of a kind guitars. Uh, we, I have on this tour, we have the number two, three, and four ever built single cut PRS guitars. That's so sick. Which is, yeah, I know it's fucking, it's really awesome. And, you know, see guitars that have been, yeah, a lot of us question why he still brings these on the road, but we have like all the Creed guitars and stuff like, you know, stuff that are things that are museum pieces, you know, like, like historical guitars when it comes to, you know, rock music history. So is there, is there any intimidation working on those guitars? Like, you know, you have to make a neck, uh, a neck adjustment or anything like that. And you're just like, uh, shit. Like, uh. at, at first, at first they were, there was, you know, I didn't want to, you know, hurt, like damage one of those guitars, but, you know, I feel pretty confident on them now. Uh, you know, it's always that first impression. But, you know, when you know what you're doing, you know, it, it, it gets easier over time. It's it's just the initial impression. Like, it's like, whoa, like this guitar was in the video for my sacrifice, you know, or like this song was the one that was recorded for, you know, on this so-and-so album. That's so cool. But once you get past that, uh and you just, you know, you kind of do the thing, uh, the, the thing that you know to do and you've been doing. It's, it's, it turns out that it's not that bad. Yeah, I can definitely relate to that because uh, when I subbed for you for the Seven Dust gig, like I grew up at Full Sail was like, whether you're playing backyard football or in the, in the end zone at the Super Bowl, you should act like you've been there before. And so like the, the yeah. on the outside, I was like, I was ice cold. I was like, I, I, like... When I think when uh, I introduced myself to Clint, I was like, "Hi, I'm uh, Clint." You said, "Yeah, hi, nice to meet you." And <laughs> Clint, but like, <laughs> nice. But like, you know, I I fucking obviously know who those guys are. I've listened to Seven Dust since you know animosity, oddly enough. Uh, yeah, but. Yeah, so I, I, I definitely can relate to that because, you know, touching the actual Clint Lowry signature guitars, I'm like, Aaron, if, if there's ever a moment yeah. where you need to prove that you know what you're doing, now's, now's the time. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, that, that that's a huge thing uh, with me. When I first met Mark, uh, was on my first Seven Dust tour, and it was me and Mark's uh, band, uh, E-Rock and Tana. Yeah, yeah. We were just like in the parking lot uh, of this venue playing uh, disc golf, and Mark just walks up and joins us. And he comes, <laughs> he just introduces, "Hey, I'm Mark," and I'm like, "Oh yeah, hey." <laughs> On the inside, it's like, "Yeah, <laughs> I, I know, I know that." Yeah, uh, I know who you are, uh, and yeah, like, uh, and you know, we saw we've we've seen each other a few times after that, and now you know now we see each other every day. Uh, but yeah, I do I do see still feel a little bit of that. Uh, when I was uh, initially learning to play guitar, he was one of the people that I learned a lot from listening and learning Alter Bridge songs. Uh, and a lot of the things I still do in my playing are very influenced by him. 
So that's actually, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. During line check, like right, went right before the band goes on do, uh, doing line check, actually the riff from uh, What If is the riff that I play in front of the crowd. God, I don't, I don't care. Creed was so cool. <laughs> um, so do you have any future gigs you can talk about? Like what's what's what does uh, what does next year look like for you? A lot, a lot, you know. Uh, as with many of us, a lot of things are always up in the air. I've got three three possible tours. Uh, uh, one offer. Uh, yeah, I guess like the one I could I can talk about is like the which I believe to be the most likely is just the U.S. leg of of this tour. Hell yeah, yeah, because. Uh, you know, things are going pretty well. Uh, and as far as I know and heard, Mark isn't someone who likes changing guitar techs often. There's only been a handful of people in my position. Uh, so I'm kind of expecting to to be on that tour. Um, there's, uh, I believe there's two more legs, uh, both in the U.S. That's sick. Um, yeah. My NDA offer has given me basically the whole year out for 2023. Uh, and I've got... I've got some, I've got some people. Yeah, dude, it's it's unreal. Um, and I've gotten some some interest and some reach outs, just people asking if I'm available next year. And this was before I booked the NDA gig. And that's how I'm going to refer to it from now on as the NDA gig. Yeah, the um, NDA gig. It's a good way to refer to it. <laughs> it like, I, I'm sure I'm sure I'm sure if I like post on socials like, hey, I happen to be in this town today then you'll be able to figure out who yeah. it is. However, I can't be the one to directly say it, uh, which, which like yep. I get like there's, yeah, that's, I really don't want to go into it anymore. Cause I really, it's, it's, there's, yeah, there's no. so much that I can't talk about, but, uh, yeah, but, uh, I've, I've gotten some feelers and some, some interest from people saying like, Hey, are you available? And it was b- before I booked that gig, it was like, I mean, I'm kind of wide open right now, but then I booked that and now I have to kind of tell these other people like, hey, so about that. <laughs> yeah. Happens. yeah I'm, I, I, I also I'm, I'm in a very fortunate place where I have a non-touring job as well. So you know, I'm not I'm not reliant on it, which is is a good position to be in because, you know, I I, I know what it's like to be in the position to where a tour ends and you don't have any work coming up and you don't know how you're going to pay your bills. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. In my, in my case, I've just gotten lucky. Uh, I don't, I don't have a job outside of this, uh, but I've been lucky to have constant work for, you know, since I started uh, and I just haven't stopped since uh, (laughs) to the point where in June, while I was on the last non-point tour, uh, my landlord sold the house I was living in. Uh, so I went back after that tour, put my stuff in storage and I've been functionally homeless ever since <laughs> just living <laughs> on the road, hotels, Airbnbs, friends, houses and stuff like that. Uh, but I've, I also just haven't really had that much off time. So it's worked out. Uh, it just, doesn't make sense to pay rent yeah somewhere i'm not gonna live at the moment 100 um and it's like i don't i don't i don't know how you do it but it always seems like 
the tours that you work like just happen to align perfectly where it ends this day, you have two days off and then your next tour starts. For me, for, yeah. <laughs> for me, every single offer or every single like reach out that I've gotten was like, hey, are you available for this? And it's like, ah, man, I got one more week of tour left. Oh, yeah, I've had those too. So then I'm out on this current tour that I'm working right now. Um, and it's my first headline or it's my first arena tour. And it's just, it's dude. Yeah. Catering fucks so hard. Like, <laughs> uh, it can. It yeah. Yeah. Can. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Man. Sometimes, sometimes it sucks. Dude. Yeah. 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 But just like, like I don't have to walk five blocks to get a meal, but like, Oh yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And the amount of money you save is, I mean, there's no, uh, there's no buyout, but you don't also don't have to use your PD. Yeah. I, yeah. I still get my PD and like, I haven't spent any money on this tour. Yeah, no, it's great. You know, I, I see through my commitments, you know, through for better or for worse, yeah. but I've committed to something because I don't, yeah. I don't ever want to build the reputation of being the guy that quits mid tour or, yeah, or nah. will walk, nah. or walk out on a tour. Uh, as, as much as there's been several situations where I've wanted to, I don't want to have that reputation. Yeah, no, and I, I've been in, I've been in that position too. And it's not something I could do. I've had, <laughs> I had a situation where I got into the tour. We were there for the first day of rehearsal and I got an offer for a higher paying tour to leave, uh, you know, like immediately leave that day. And I, I told him, Hey, I can't, I'm already here. You know, oh, I know I'm pre pro. I, I know uh, this situation. <laughs> I was, I was there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. You were there. You were there. <laughs> and I was like, sorry, I can't. It's <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. And they, they asked me again, they asked me again too. And like, that's like, no, ah, it's a, it's all good. Like it's a, it, it'll be great. You, you know, we'll pay you this much. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I, I'm already here. I'm not going to leave these guys hanging. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and uh, in, in in a business like this, your reputation is your livelihood. So whether you're easy to work with, whether you, I like to tell people that your technical skills is what gets you the job. And then all the other stuff, your personality is what keeps you there. Yeah. So like if, yeah. if, if you're really good at, if you're really good at replacing decks or if you're really good at swapping out tubes, whatever, if you suck as a person, I don't know if I'm ever going to be a tour manager, but I'm definitely not going to hire you again. Like I'd much rather, I'd yeah. much rather take a chance on somebody younger who's willing to learn, who has a good personality than somebody who just sucks. Yeah. That's, that's honestly one of the most like prominent and like first questions I get asked every time I reckon, anytime I recommend somebody is like, are they a good hang? Yeah, are they a good hang? That like, it's usually the first or second question that I get. Like, are they like one is like, are they good? And then two, are they a good hang? And usually being a good hang is more important than, yeah. than being good because you're, you're living with these people. So, you know, if, if it's, if it's 12 yeah. people, however many people that are on a bus and one person sucks, it spoils the whole tour. Yeah. It sucks. There was actually, uh, there was a situation, not, not a situation, but there was a day, we had a day off in Little Rock, Arkansas uh, on this tour. And it was like the first weekend, I think it might've been a couple days in. And I wanted to, tr I wanted to prove that I was a good hang. <laughs> so then we decided, we decided to do what was called the, the local flavors tour. And, it, and we just, we were parked at a hotel and there was like a TGI Fridays, uh, an Olive Garden, uh, a, a uh, Oh my God. What's the seafood Applebee's? 
oh my god what's the seafood for red lobster and so we just basically uh the drummer for the band that i'm working for right now just wrote down a list of all the chains like applebee's tj fridays and we just hit up all of those in a bar crawl over the course of the day <laughs> and the, the like every single time we would get to a new place and we were a little bit drunker more drunk drunker and we would tell the bartender the person behind the counter just semi-obnoxiously like we're just we're trying to get the we're trying to get the local flavors of arkansas we're trying to get the little rock like we're trying to get the local vibe that's why we came to hooters so and so like we wrote down like nine nine places we had it was it was it was a decent amount of people from my camp and then it was the tour manager from another camp but like we're doing like we're just ripping beers starting at like noon and then by like 9 p.m we're at the ninth place and you know we've had many many beers consumed and many many shots consumed and i was i don't remember how i got to my bunk uh i do remember that i i we were parked next to a TGI Fridays and I do remember that I was very intoxicated and I was like, I don't know why, but me in that state, I was like, greasy food's going to help me right now. I'm going to go to TGI Fridays. And so I just kind of stumbled my way over to TGI Fridays, sit at the bar. And like, I have like an inner conversation with myself. Like you're sober, you're sober, you're sober. Hi, how are you? Mozzarella six, please. <laughs> and, and I mean, but yeah, it was just like the whole point of the day was proving that I could hang and prove it. Like it cost me a bunch of money. Yeah. But in, th in theory, that'll, you know, hopefully keep getting me hired, uh, you know, because then they'll look yeah. back on days like that and they're like, oh, he's a good hang. Let's bring him out. Yeah. No, there's a, there's a lot of shows. Uh, but the days that you remember are the off days. 100%. You, you remember maybe the first few shows, the last few shows and the days off. That's what you and remember. And then everything... And that's what people will remember you for. Too. Everything in between is a blur. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I didn't even realize uh, we crossed the, the halfway point of this tour. Uh, I don't know, sometime within the last week. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I still like when I think back to shows, I still think to like the second and third show of the tour. And <laughs> at this point, we've done maybe 16 shows. Yeah. Uh, but I've also already been here over a month because we did... We, we had a long uh, pre-pro. So yeah, like <laughs> everything between like the third show and today is a blur. Hell yeah. Yeah, that, so that sounds right. And uh, yeah. I didn't even, I didn't even have any pre-production with these guys. It was, uh, these guys were already out on tour. Like they, they were out for six weeks before this tour. And by the way, I want to go back to that comment. That, that uh, what you said, that strikes me as a little weird because you're the type of person that as soon as we're done loading a trailer, you just go three more or like you have a countdown of how many shows are left on the tour. Oh yeah. No, right now we have a, uh, ah, see, uh, you slipping. <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's either eight or nine. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> um, fuck. Now I forgot what I was saying. Uh, something about they didn't do pre. Oh, that's right. They, because they did, you, yeah. they did like a festival in Mexico and they did when we were young and then they did some dates around that. And then I show up in El Paso and to, to no fault of, of the tour manager, uh, it's, it's actually probably more my fault, but I didn't reach out and just be like, hey, what kind of gear are you guys using? Uh, you know, what's anything like that? So I went in day one blind and Ooh. it was fine. Like as soon as I realized yeah. the kind of gig, yeah, it was just like, it's two Axe effects and a uh, dark ass. It's it's lit. You can't get any more simple of a rig than that. I don't. 
Uh, I'm not responsible for any of the patches because that's all the playback. The playback attack takes takes care of that. So yeah, you know, if if something's going wrong with the patches during the show or like the lead patch is on or something like that, I just go, well, at least the guitars were in tune. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right. So, do you have any final thoughts or anything that you? want to wrap up this episode with final thoughts uh i don't know we, we we covered we covered so many like the the very top layer of so many different topics i was actually just thinking that like it turned from uh an introduction to us into an introduction to like a lot of you know the things that happen in touring so yeah i guess like I know. that's what i like that's what i like about <laughs> the podcasting format is that you know you can start with an agenda and then wherever the conversation goes that's just kind of where it goes yeah uh you know uh, we could we could uh, we we could bring somebody on and then have like have the intent to talk about their career as a as an ld or as a front of house and then for some reason we just spend a half hour talking about sonic the hedgehog like it is what it is that's the conversation <laughs> yeah. that came out yeah i guess so I don't know why yeah. I thought of Sonic. No, this was this was cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, no, I guess like final thoughts. No, I'm, I'm excited for for you for for that gig you have and for your NDA gig and <laughs> uh, and uh, I'm excited to continue on my own tour uh, through Europe. We we have another. We're done December 12th, uh, dude. So am I. A few more days here in Europe, <laughs> and oh, sick. <laughs> yeah so yeah we have a few more days here in europe and then we'll hit the uk for about a week and a half or something like that and then uh and then i'll be going home finally <laughs> after like two months oh yeah dude that's yeah that's that's sick yeah i'm excited for this uh podcast venture i i, I did it once before and uh i ain't afraid to do it again <laughs> ending episodes has always been a little weird for me so uh Oh, and, and the other thing that the other programming note that I'd like to mention is the fact that Jose and I are busy. We are touring. So uh, this isn't a podcast that's going to come out every single week. We might try to aim for every single week or something like that. That might be a little ambitious. But uh, basically, we're just going to kind of schedule episodes when I hit up Jose and be like, yo, man, want to record? And he's like, hell yeah, girl. And, and then <laughs> yeah. we just... No, I kind of, I kind of liked uh, the way we scheduled this. You know, kind of like, hey, like we just shared screenshots of Master Tour of your Master <laughs> Tour, and, and oh yeah, okay, let's just nail that one day. It's like, yeah, no, this this was perfect, uh, and I still have, you know, it's uh, what time is it? It's it's almost three thirty p.m. where I'm at, uh, so I still got plenty of time to go explore Vienna. Hell yeah, I got. Uh, I think uh, I think we're at, we're at a super hard like ten thirty curfew today, so I think load in's actually a little bit earlier. So as soon as I uh, as soon as I end this call, I have to start. I used to say pushing cases, but now we direct people to push cases. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I guess we'll wrap it up there, Jose. It was awesome catching up with you, and uh, excited about this venture. Yeah, I'm excited to continue these conversations with you. Hell yeah, girl! All right, stay safe, right, bud. Thank you for listening to the Roadie Friday podcast. Have a question or an idea? Email us at roadiefridaypod at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Theme music by Ricky Armolino. Editing and production by Darren Makins. 